Welcome to episode four of New Type Flash. We have that name now. Um, I like you forgot it for a second. I did. <laughs> and it's not Shockwave Flash either. It's not Shockwave Flash. Um, <laughs> this is a podcast where we are guiding you through listening or watching uh, Gundam Universal Century. Uh, right now we're on Gundam Origin episode four. Uh, feel free to listen along, watch, and and comment to us as you watch it and think how stupid our comments are um, or how insightful we all are because we're all Zen masters here. Yeah. Um, Just definitely make sure you point out everything we say wrong. <laughs> Don't. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> I'm not going to get through this intro today, am I? Nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I am your host, Lane, and we have two other hosts, Scotty and Luke. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Oh, now is when I talk? Okay. Yeah. We can do that. Lane, question. <laughs> Who is this? The peanut gallery is strong. Who is uh, listening to Mobile Suit Gundam? I, I feel like we, we've watched this episode, and we've gotten over the episode two hump, so we're all like much more pumped to watch this show now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, actually, the episode two hump was that was really the low point so far. I'm I'm excited about this episode because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is the longest episode um, so far. Uh, I don't know if it's the longest episode in the series, but it, mm-hmm. it's definitely close. If it's not, well, no, I, think- I watched it on Hulu, and they they put the times of the episodes all right there in the list. And so this is the longest we've watched by I think five minutes or something like that. But it is uh, five and six are much longer. Yeah, this was an hour and eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that was recapped, too. I feel like the they they recapped the previous episode, all of the previous episodes, each time they go through it. So it gets a little bit longer and longer each time. Now, to be fair, um, speaking of the recap, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Did you guys notice that they, they did some 3D upgrades to the flashback scenes? I did not. Were they not like that initially? No, they weren't. Oh. I'm pretty sure they weren't because it was striking. And I think they actually added like a few random scenes here and there. Okay. Really? Um, so this, I, to me, when I was watching this, I was like, oh, this must mean they've got a better budget for this show <laughs> or th- this episode. Now, to be fair with that, um, the original episode came out in like 2015, like early 2015. And then the episode we just watched was like the end of 2016. So, I mean, there was a pretty substantial time leap between the episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is also like the aside from the the brief first episode, um, you know, uh, space fight. This is the first one that we actually really get any Gundam uh, combat for more than like a few uh, shots from like a gun tank or something. Yeah. And it's uh, it's funny as originally planned, this was the last OVA they were going to do for Origin. And I think one of the reasons... I was going to make that comment as well. This was supposed to be the end of the arc, and then they do a second arc, which both episodes of that are actually longer. So that'll be fun. Yep. Yeah. And I think that is one of the reasons for that gap was mm-hmm. kind of adjusting some things to, you know, maybe accommodate more for for leading into, uh, you know, five and six. And, and this is one that, I, you know, in the previous few episodes, I've been making a lot of comments about, oh, yeah, and then in the manga, dot, dot, dot. Um, there is almost yeah. none of that for this episode. It's very, very, very faithful. That's great. It's amazing how much a few minutes uh, changes things with that. Mm-hmm. So we start off the episode after the uh, the long synopsis of the previous three episodes. Um, we see Amaro and his dad arriving at side seven really briefly. So that was kind of like... That was a cool little nod um, and kind of foreshadowing of what this episode is going to be about. Um, and Amaro is 13 at the time when they arrive. So this is what, 0077, I think, when yeah. it starts. That's right. So this episode seems to cover about two years-ish. Yeah, it was, there was a lot. Oh man, a lot of stuff happened in this episode. That is yeah. one that I'll make. Just a lot. Just a ton of different things. But the but it really picks up, aside from the, the flash to Amaro, um, the the first real scene of the show is the the military parade where there where all of the um, cadets are kind of um, going down the street with the pictures of their fallen comrades and um, 
and Garma is, you know, kind of at the helm with with his uh, posse and and Shar as well. Yeah, so it's basically a big celebration for the two hundred cadets. Um, the Zeons basically seeing as this huge uh, this huge victory for Zeon, and then it's kind of cutting between that and then behind the scenes, the Federation uh, officers are meeting with the the Zeon officers, saying this is ridiculous. They should be oh, they're pissed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're they're furious understandably yeah and this is really where where the zombies start to kind of make the power moves like they i don't think they wanted to at this point um as you know um uh, i forget his name garma and uh, char kind of forced the hand basically yeah so zombies the zombies essentially demand that the federation withdraw from munzo um well the uh the federation said that they have to turn over garma and they said no we're not going to do that right we'll give you someone else we'll do we'll punish someone else but you got to do something for us yeah get the hell out (laughs) yeah this is to me one of the kind of first ways that they show that the federation is often more concerned about their image than they are about actual results in in many ways i think they, they don't have any real opposition. They're the only military, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in all of space and time, they're basically the only military that we see. Uh, Zeon is just a, I don't know, uh, pseudo, like, they're the mall cops in the Federation's eyes. Yeah, I, I get the feeling, and they never really show a lot of what what the, Z, the Zeon military does domestically but i get the feeling that it's more of like a glorified police force um than what they consider to actually be a military but you know they're doing all of that stuff uh off off world or off colony yeah um, that we know about but obviously the federation doesn't know uh for a while um man but so there's a scene where you know kind of everybody gets screamed at um by by chairman uh, what's his first name? I'm terrible with his name. Uh, are you talking about uh, the old man, Degwin Zabi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He pisses. He screams at everybody, especially Dozel. Um, you know, he basically said, he you, Dozel, yeah. "Why you were? I put you in charge of that school to protect Garma and make sure nothing happened." And you know what the hell? Um, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. And then uh, you know everybody else is like. Uh, Garma is a real man now. He's a real zombie man, and then and then it goes into the creepy scene with with yeah, Daddy. Yeah, I was like super pro Dozel up until that point. Um, the girl comes in. She's like what thirteen at the time, fifteen at the time. I don't know how old these people are. I'm assuming high school age, maybe college. His college. his you mean his siblings? No, I'm talking about. Are, I think, are we ta- I think he jumped ahead a little. Only a little yeah, you you that. jumped you jumped ahead a little bit. I, I'm talking about um, Garma laying on his his dad's shoulder and getting his head rubbed. And... Oh yeah, that was a little creepy too. But <laughs> Degwin Degwin was kind of acknowledging that he's like, maybe I was too old to be your dad. <laughs> you like, should have been a philosopher, not a not not a not a military man. Well, it's that it, it's that weird aristocratic, like not quite incestual like romantic view of family and it yeah you know despite how it comes off it is still meant to demonstrate you know the way garma has been brought up it is more of a, a gentle demeanor than uh, than you know someone like dozel or Giran. Hmm. yeah not now actually Degwin was not as old as i thought He's only 60 well yeah it's anime i mean 60 he's yeah. basically dead yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, good point. Um, and then, so before we get to the the creepy Dozel thing, um, Char is basically exiled to Earth, and he says, "Hey, by the way, if you ever see me again, let me be a, a, a mobile suit pilot." Thanks. Yeah, he basically agrees to take the blame uh, and roll out uh, on that on that condition. Hashtag foreshadowing. And then we get into the Dozel proposing to Zinamiya and yeah, that was being like, "Hey, baby, will you have my babies?" I, I jumped ahead because that was super creepy. Um, so, yeah, the girl comes in. The girl that kind of 
didn't flirt with them. Held them at gunpoint in the last episode. Like, did not show any uh, <laughs> signs of affection. Um, yeah, he proposes to this teenage girl out of nowhere. Courtship. I'm getting fired, so you want to... You know. Well, he mentions, <laughs> doesn't he joke about committing harakiri? He does. Uh, yeah, well, I think, I think it's more along the lines of, listen, I'm falling on my sword because of the shit you put me mm. through. The least you could do is allow me to breed with you. Well, is there <laughs> was there subtext to, to me? There's subtext to that, and part of whatever his demotion is is that he is maybe expected to try to produce another heir. Like this is weird aristocratic stuff. So, yeah, it, it definitely could be. I I don't know that the, the, there might not be the context. That might be another manga no, thing. No, it but, wasn't. But I mean, I, I could definitely. It seemed like it was. It seemed like it was uh, Dozel wanting to have a family because you know Dozel's always been kind of. Uh, he's been Dozel's the most human zombie that there is. Yeah, exactly. He's he's like you know I've, I'm I'm a little older now and I've never really thought about it now, but now I'm thinking I do want to have a family. Yeah, and we're not committing page space and or screen time to making this a complicated story. So, all right. Yeah, this was already the the case. We're going to explain it. But then she looks kind of happy at the end of the scene. Oh God, this was only twenty eight in the original series, and that and well, she probably wouldn't have been that young. So oh, actually, no, she would have probably stage. been. Yeah, and okay. they were they so they were probably like what seventeen or eighteen. So right now in the in this episode, Zena uh, Zenamia is twenty one. Oh really. That's older than I thought they would be because I thought I thought the, the the military academy was the equivalent of high school. I thought so too, but apparently it was the equivalent of college. And Doze mm. was only twenty six. Apparently, that's okay. So it's certainly not as bad. So that's, how old is Char? But uh, I think Char's the same age. Let me look. Um, because because he, he specifically like started in 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 high school. This was his high school. Uh, Char was born in. 59 so if this was 77 he was 18 okay all right so that okay that makes a little more sense so she yeah. was basically like their commander and and recall yeah. here that it, there i think there's allowance for her to be older even though they were at that academy together because char is being discharged here yeah more or less yeah. right yeah, yeah well so it's, it's basically like going from rotc into like college rotc or the you know, the, the military academy or whatever. Yeah. 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 But I, I guess what I'm saying is it's kind of implied that he's not going to finish whatever school this was. Right. Yeah. Right. Who needs an education? Yeah. Okay. Dozel's not as creepy as I thought, man, but he looks like 50. The way they drew it, though, I mean, I think I think anyone would not be blamed. Like, it makes sense to for it to come off as kind of uncomfortable because Dozel looks like he's 35 and she looks like she's uh, 16 the way they draw it. <laughs> Dozel has straight up gray hair, man. Yeah. He does. He looks older than 35. Hey man, there's, there's, there's people that are younger than me that have gray hair. So yeah, but you're old now too. Dude. Yeah. But <laughs> so the next scene, um... <laughs> <laughs> the next scene, we see uh, Char working uh, on on Earth. He is piling a mobile worker, um, learning how to, to handle those mobile suits, I guess. Doing construction, yeah. yeah doing construction. It's pretty, what are they, what, and what are they building? This is a pretty important thing. I didn't uh, catch that. What are they? Uh, so he was working for... The 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 Xeon company so, or Xeonic. Uh, let me give you. Let me just get a hint. Let me see if I can get you guys there. They're in Jabiro. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, no. They're definitely Jabiro. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if you caught that, but uh, I, I think they, I heard Jabiro mentioned, but the the lights did not click in my head. Yep. They don't say it right away. They say it like a little later. Um, someone mentions that uh, you Jabiro workers, blah blah blah, and it's kind of like a casual. Gotcha. Yep. And then later on, they mention somewhere else on the planet and say how far away it is. So it, I, I don't want to say yeah. what because it'll jump us ahead too far. Um, yeah. Um. So yeah, they go to the casino. Then you know what? What else are you going to do when you're a lonely construction worker? Is just gamble your money away. Um. And we meet Lala. 
Wasune. Yeah. She pops up uh, for the first time. And I think she's like four in this one. She looks 30, but she's four. She's four? No, I'm kidding. I don't know. The anime ages. I don't know. <laughs> okay. 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 I, I was going to say, she she, she struck me as like at least a teenager. No, nah, I can't gauge anyone's age in this, in this series, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she, she's using some new type hacks to, um, to, to win casino winnings. Uh, and then she loses and gets uh, smacked around a little bit. So, yeah. So basically, it's our first instance where, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the the very first time we see an actual new type flash. Right. Yeah. Because it's is it Shar's influence why she starts getting it wrong, or does she start no, getting it wrong on purpose? No. So they brought out the new um, the new the dealer. New dealer. So like basically, they thought the guy was cheating, so they bring out the new dealer, and apparently. Uh, Lala later makes a kind of offhanded comment that the lady was really bad at her job, so she couldn't predict what, what she was going to do. Oh, okay. All right. No, I just, I remember that line and, and now you put the two and two together for me. Yeah. Yeah. So she was predicting what the guy was like, when the guy was going to, I assume when the guy was going to let the roulette ball go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she couldn't do it with the other girl because the other girl didn't know what she so was doing. So basically the first dealer had a tell and then the second one was so bad that she had no tell. It seemed okay. that way. So, so she loses, she causes him to lose a bunch, um, and then gets the, the snot knocked out of her. We don't see that, but she does get the snot. Yeah. Knocked so out. I, I know early on in the series, I was, I was starting to count like child beating and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know if I should count this one because we don't really see it on screen. It's implied. I mean, there's a bruise on the face. All right. So, we have, a, out, so. we have our second instance of child beating then. I gotta say, I would have thought by episode four it'd be higher. Uh, yeah, I know. I think I think we've got to get back to the original series just to catch up. Yeah, once we had OG, at least a couple. I mean, there's a couple famous they, ones. They they put less morally questionable stuff on the screen these days. <laughs> uh, it's it's often more implied. Where yeah, when we go back to some of the older shows, it's just a lot of things that probably wouldn't be okay. Uh, these <laughs> shut up, I'm, you're a girl. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. This episode, <laughs> circa 2017, so it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, pretty woke. Um. Yeah. So, Shara uh, goes out, finds Lala, like after she gets beat up, um, hanging out on a dock. Uh, hits her up, kind of flirts with her a little bit, asks her what's going on, and teaches uh, her about scanners. <laughs> he explains what a scanner yeah. is to her. You're like Photoshop. equivalent here of like three thousand, whatever that, whatever it is. I think one day we're gonna have to do like a side episode about the technology and and Gundam and how it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, yeah, because it is implied that it's in Earth's actual timeline, and I think it. I think they said something like zero 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 one is the equivalent of like twenty seventy eight. Yeah, eighty. Something like that. So it's like it's not it's so it's not so far ahead that we should believe that everyone lives in space now, but also they don't know what scanners are. Or two factor authentication or pin codes to turn on a Gundam. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> um yeah, so uh her master or whatever that guy is shows up, um starts to actually beat her up again, and uh Char saves her. And then some gunboat comes after them, and Shara. Yeah. So earlier, earlier in the episode, um, there was a quick flash of him and Lala um, getting attacked by these like random mobsters, mm-hmm. and the mobsters come back to uh, right. Fine. Clearly, he's got a bad like bad blood or owes money. He owes money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the uh, the I think it's the Manaus mm-hmm. group uh, comes after him, and they basically come and shoot him, uh, shoot up his boat, and like chase after him. So they all run away. Char runs away with Lala, and then the, the the gambling dude follows him. And then the, the crazy decapitation happens. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they're hanging out basically at the construction site, um, waiting. And then the uh, the creepy uh, bearded guy covered in scars that's that's always good shows up and uh, says, "I got a job with the mobsters who want to kill you." So yeah, they're going to pay me more money. <laughs> you know when that happened i thought it was funny like i you know i saw the blade go through his head and i was like i wonder if they're just gonna if they show that because you know i'd seen it before but i forgot if like exactly what happened and then like his head spins around and falls off i'm like oh well that does happen yeah interesting (laughs) he had the interesting little boomerang 
uh, knives. I didn't really understand the physics of that, but they're pretty cool. It's a decapitato. It was probably made out of paper. (laughs) (laughs) So Char takes him on with a shovel, and we see uh, another flash. Uh, Another Char Char is able to uh, escape from getting his head cut off. And then uh, he, for the, the second decapitato attack, he defends it and shoves his uh, discombobulated shovel through the guy's chest and he gets yeah. a, his decapitator in the face. As it returns to him, yeah, it hits him in the face. And on the way, it took out part of Char's shovel, literally a shovel, and then he uses the now like kind of pointed end of the stick to just run him through. Uh, and this is, like you said, there's that little new type flash for him, but he doesn't really quite understand it. He's just going with it. He doesn't have really any, um, oh, what's the word, like conscious thought that yeah, something different's happening. He asked her, uh, he asked Lala after the fact, he's like, did, did you do something? Like, yeah. Cause they, so they're, they like escape off and they're like, we're going to go somewhere else and get, get away from here. Um, we're going to go to space. But he's like, did, did you do that? What, what was that? So. All right. It's what, called a chakram. What's that? Called a chakram. The decapitato is a chakram. Okay. Um, anyway, they so run away. Yeah. So uh, this is actually something that uh, I had I had actually made a note on. So I wanted to make sure I got it out, even though it's actually not that great of a note. Um, but <laughs> so it, when I first watched this episode uh, back close to when it came out, I really liked that they gave some backstory to Lala here, uh, because going off of just the original series and especially the first way I experienced that through the compilation movies, she just shows up kind of out of nowhere, has this really yeah. like, seemingly deep relationship with him. And it's like, Oh, okay. It's, it's the same with Haman Khan too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it really is. So this was nice to, to kind of see. And it, and I also just put down that it seems that he kind of just picks her up because he's bored and had nothing else to do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, uh, him noticing her in the casino though. I think he got a sense that she was special initially. Um, but I, I agree. I think, uh, seeing all of this, it really, it really helped, uh, my investment in her character. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I, I, I really didn't understand why everybody was upset when I watched the original series before I watched, um, origin. I was like, Oh, she died. Why does anybody give a shit? <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry to spoil that for anybody that hasn't seen. Yeah, no, I agree. I just wasn't that invested in her in the main series. So uh, it was nice to, get, nice to get a little bit of background and you get a little bit more emotional investment. Uh, well, and it gives her more credibility later because it kind of shows why she is so loyal to Char. Like she actually owes him something. It's not right. It's not just like a you know, overly like there's not like some Stockholm syndrome thing going on or anything weird like that. It's she actually really does like him and owe him a lot. Yeah. Wasn't she considered one of the more powerful new types too? Yeah, I think she was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she, she, I mean, we'll get, I think we'll probably discuss it more and more as we get on, but like, I'd say she's probably in the top two or three most powerful new types based off of like what I've seen. Well, she's definitely got some of the more developed powers. Like it seemed like she could use it very consistently compared to a lot of the other people. Yeah. We'll we'll have to, maybe we should make a tier list as this, as we get deeper in, but she's definitely in that like top tier of them. Yeah. All right. So four new type flashes. out of five. Um, so we go on, we see, uh, we, we get to see some MS-04 videos that, that were kind of like, uh, I guess they're like the promotional internal videos for like, you know, capabilities and whatnot, um, for, for the zombies and, uh, the Xeon military. Uh, you're talking about, you're talking about the leaked videos, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, well, I, I assume they were like internal, like you know, capabilities vid- videos. Cause it was like showing them flying around. It was showing them like blowing up ships with all their different weapons and everything. Yeah, I think they implied that, uh, Dr. Monofsky was leaking the videos to mm-hmm. them. Yes. He was defecting. Yes. Yep. Um, fun fact, MS zero four is known as Bugu. 
knew that. I was about to say that. Ah. <laughs> so yeah, um, we we see kind of uh, Amaro's dad, Chief Ray. Um, Tamaray. Yeah, we see him kind of like just like hard over this stuff. He's just like, this is so awesome. You know, this is, you know, he obviously worked with uh, Dr. Dr. Manofsky. He was a student of Dr. Manofsky. Basically brought him in to see if he was delivering on all the things that he said he could. uh, To which Tam was like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. So way better than than he ever, than he ever thought he'd be able to do. So like one of you mentioned with it, they bring up that he's uh, defecting. And they say, "Hey, um, Mr. Chief Ray, why don't you uh, why don't you go to the moon and get him?" He's like, "Me?" <laughs> but well, he, he's, he, he they wanted him to work together, and uh, they basically decided to uh, uh, hook them up, right? Because uh, he's he's leading the Federation's. Um, they don't <laughs> call them theirs mobile suits yet, but they he, they let up their equivalent of the mobile suit um, development yeah. program. He's developing uh, the RX seventy eight project, um, and they're kind of shit talking the RX seventy eight stuff, saying, "Oh, well, we've got we've got the RX seventy six gun cannon, and it's super boss. It's it's like the best thing." Yeah, but he's well, no, no, the the RCX seventy six is different from the gun cannon, though. No, the RCX seventy six is the gun cannon brand. Uh, so okay, let's. So uh, uh, we we need to be careful here because this is where there is a bit of a difference between origin and the anime of the original show Uh, and it gets a little weird um well let's 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 step back because we're not quite where they show the the rcx 76 let's let's go a little bit further because we get um some cool um amuro uh appearances here before um the his dad sent off to the moon yep so we kind of see fa or fra sorry not fa fra um leaving the house and um frau? and then frau frau sorry these names no they're just frau. so unique um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a pun it's yeah. it's a pun on the german word for a married woman because it's yeah. because she's motherly so we see um amro's dad go inside the house and it's the house is a freaking disaster zone um obviously because his dad is always working and you're gonna leave some middle school high school kid to like clean up yeah that's gonna work really well um but what i thought was funny was like his dad's like you just had a girl over and you're not even wearing pants what are you doing (laughs) which is actually a funny throwback because when we first see them in the first episode of the show she comes to get him and he's like standing around. He's like running around in his underwear. Not a fan <laughs> of pants. Is that Amaro? Nope. To be fair, I get it. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Moving on. We all get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it, needless to say, Amaro's dad is a terrible father um, who just uses Amaro to like make him coffee and like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> otherwise neglects him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get to see um, a quick. We sh- we do a quick shot to the moon. Um, we see the f- the four mobile suits um, mm. with uh, Jim Baral, um, or sorry, Ron Baral. I think at this point it's important to note we've shifted to zero zero seven. Yeah. So we basically yeah, you have this shot of Amaro looking really bored in his life, and then you have a jump forward in time and you see a ship like a spaceship landing on in this case it's the moon but it's in this you know bigger city in this busy spaceport and the music here it it felt like a scene from one of the star wars prequels it it really did and i couldn't tell you what scene <laughs> but if this was live action and you did this shot and you just told me, oh, yeah, that was in episode one and you just missed it. I go, oh, OK, sure. Are, are you are you sure it's not a, actually a prequel, but more along the lines of one of the remasters, like where they're they're showing like Mos Eisley and it's like completely redone with like that, all yeah. the c- cinematic. That's, you know, that, that's fine, too. But yeah, the, the music like there's this series is not a big music one for me. I think there are some Gundam series with, with uh, newer ones, really, that have very good music. This one is a 
and it made you know. Yeah, this one is a bit of a letdown on that front for me, but just in this one scene here, it gets very, very John Williams. I got to I got to say uh Thunderbolt has ruined music in any other Gundam series. <laughs> well, <really>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not really fair to compare any of them to Thunderbolt. Oh, I'm going to compare everything <laughs> to Thunderbolt. Don't get uh, You know, this, as, as a little here. side thing, I I saw um on Twitter, Scotty, you said you you were doing some karaoke. Um, can can we ever expect to hear you sing? Um, I'll need some beer. Yeah, <laughs> duly noted. I mean, a- after yeah. some beer, of course, because I won't be able to hear how I have like I'm completely tone deaf as far as singing goes. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we get to see uh, Ron Baral with um the other three zakus uh and they're basically walking along the moon they're not they're very specifically not using their thrusters so they can avoid detection and they're going to um stop dr minoski from um going over to the federation i think uh they were officially at that point zaku one everyone but rambaral has a zaku one rambaral is in one of the boogus but it's blue and they, they hint about Char a little bit, but I don't think they mention him by name. They just call him like a hotshot kid, brat. Yeah. Our red friend. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So now we can start this whole conversation about the, the, the Gundam. So they show the RCX-76, which is basically the precursor to the Gundam as far as like uh, to me, the way the design looks, the gun can't. So, so Scotty, clarify this for us because I, I, I know for a fact that they they were calling this the RCX. Okay, so this is what gets especially confusing here. Um, so let's go with what's in this episode. So they are already at this point producing the RCX seventy six for the Federation. So when you see what looks like a gun cannon kind of in action, like those are already being mass produced. Now here on the moon. They have some of the RX-77-01, which is the gun cannon unit one, which is just a slight modification on it. But this is, these, these are the ones you see on the assembly line that are kind of unpainted. Um, and so, uh, what? yep. Okay, yeah. So these are the ones that you kind of see in, in the later battle on the moon in this episode and the ones that you see on the assembly line in the factory. Uh, but the RC and they're not quite like production ready, but they're like getting them into that phase. And that RCX 76 is sort of a precursor to it. That's already in service um, with the 75 before it being the gun tank. So um, that's what you have there. So um, one thing this, this does jump ahead, but um, you know, into the main series uh, mobile suit Gundam. But so the, basically what you end up seeing here is the gun cannon. And they're this mass-produced thing already at the start of the war, uh, which is a little bit. That's what we see a lot in, like, uh, uh, not war in the pocket. Um, what's the one that's in the in South America? Eighth MS team. Oh, yeah, MS there's, team. there's a lot of those in that one. Right? Yeah, they've got a few of them. So the. I, I, that wasn't actually a mobile suit though that was or at least not actually a gundam that that was modeled after yeah yeah so in in the original show it's kind of hinted that this was part of that you know v project like the gun cannon was part of the v project and it has the core fighter and uh you know it's the white base you know kind of only has one survive and that's the one that you know, they've got going for a while. I mean, eventually I think they pick up some others, but uh, it's more made to be like a special thing. Right. Uh, Whereas Mm -hmm. in origin and and even going into the origin manga where they pick up at the start of the war, um, this is just something that like, yeah, they've got some and like the white base takes off and it's got a couple of them and they're not like a big thing. They're not this special thing. They're kind of this uh, grunt thing that as we end up seeing in this episode is uh, inferior to even a Zaku one. Yeah. Yeah. Those, they got, I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute, but man. Um, so did, did it, anybody catch where, um, uh, Amaro's dad mentioned that this is not a mobile suit. Mm-hmm. Do, what did he mean yeah, by that? So like, he's thinking like philosophically 
the gun cannon is more of a walking tank um, and not what Manofsky envisioned as a, a true like mobile suit. And that's why when he was looking at that footage of um, what Zeon had been producing, he's thinking like, wow, yeah, I'm like inspired now to do better than them. Cause this is, this is way closer to what we want to do. And I'm, and I'm guessing that's just because of the mobility, the mobile suits are more like, you know, almost like a, a, a person fighting. Whereas these other things were more like mobile tanks. In other words, mm-hmm. just yeah. tanks with legs. Yeah, definitely. I agree with Scotty. It's definitely a philosophical difference. Um, I think uh, considering the Zaku, I think, I think it's basically anything that's a like Gundam equivalent. That's a fair statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something you, maybe think as being more equivalent. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it like proportionally and things like that. Like the gun cannon's got that big old like backpack shoulder tank. assembly going on. Yeah. Yeah. So right after we see this, um, they, they mobilize the iron cavalry um, to go after the mobile suits, which despite not using their thrusters were detected. Um, and then we get to see Char and his red mobile suit because he's special. And he gets a red one. Of course. Um, without without going into how he get like, they don't, this is one place that I think is a little bit, I mean, it's fine. I, you know, I guess nothing interesting happens to get him there, but we see him get discharged. Then he's on earth. And then he comes, yeah. like a year later, he comes back. And, oh, there he is back in service. Yeah. There, there wasn't much along the lines of, um, well, so I think officially he got discharged from the academy, not from. Well, right. Yeah. The yeah, yeah, he was in mm-hmm. reserve at that point. Yes, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so at this point, he meets up with them. Um, obviously, the the older guys don't really care for him that much because, again, he's a hotshot brat. Um, I think Wall is fine with him. Yeah, he's he he doesn't really seem to like address him that much. Um, he's just like, all right, he's here. He's here to work too. Mm-hmm. Um. And so then they start chasing after uh, Dr. Manofsky. Um, and, and what's really interesting here uh, is, I don't know, it, it, it just kind of struck me how um, Ron Baral was just kind of, is it Ron or Jimba? I keep missing them. It's Ron Baral, Jimba Ron. Okay, all right. Yeah, Jimba Ron's his dad. dad. All right. Uh, yeah, Ron Baral is like a 180 from, you know, he used to, absolutely hate the zombies but now he's like no dr minoski come back work for us work for zeon um he's totally all in in their pocket now before i thought it was kind of like you know he's doing it because you know what the hell else does he have to do but now it seems like um you know he's he's got a different attitude but he's still in their pocket i never got the feeling that he was against zeon he dislikes Mm -hmm. the zombies he's vehemently against the zombies themselves but i think i think it's like uh like someone, okay, someone, you can be an American, hate the president. That doesn't mean you're going to betray mm-hmm. America, right? True. Uh, I, I feel like he, he kind of views it that yeah. way. Where he loves, he loves Zion and he just wants what's best for And he believes in the, the ideas, the ideals, the, you know, the romance of space noid independence. He's into all that stuff. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Because you got to remember, his father was one of the original conspirators with mm-hmm. Zion. Uh, with like the original old school Zeon. So he's probably a huge believer in that. Yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't really mention any, any of that stuff. I mean, I don't recall him ever waxing poetic on, on like Zeon ideals or anything like that. But I mean, it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me. He wouldn't, I think his character, like he wouldn't, I mean, maybe once he, when he's drunk and talking to Haman or something, but, uh, He's also, this is the point where I think he sort of gets relegated back into that supporting character role, whereas in some of the earlier episodes, he was more prominent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Zakus uh, go on to wreck all of the gun cannons. Yes. E- easily. easily. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not even competitive. <laughs> it is a very one-sided fight, um, which is brought up uh, later. Uh, but it's a very one-sided fight. Uh, so the Zaku's basically kick the snot out of the uh, the Iron Cavalry Squadron, as well as all of the transport ships. We got some pretty explosions, and, and this is another part where I was like, yeah, they did have a better budget for this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was very, 
very much so. It was actually a great. It was actually a really good scene. Yeah, um, this this is probably one of the better scenes we've had as far as like Gundam fights. I mean, this is really the first Gundam fight we've had aside from like the the last episode where you know Rambaral got in that prototype Gundam or prototype Zaku. Maybe it was all the money yeah. saved from hardly having any mobile suit action in the first three episodes. Yeah, they blew it all <laughs> on this one, which they thought was the last episode. <laughs> So I thought it was uh, also interesting um, at, at this point, they're basically, they're not there to destroy the Iron Cavalry squad or to kill anybody or do anything like that. They're just there to get Manovsky. Not get, not kill him, get him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, bring him back because he's, he's smart. But what do they end up doing? One of the, uh, the, the dumber of the three Black Tristars uh, decides to chase down one of the, uh, the Iron Cavalry units destroys it and it falls yeah, on top so uh, squished this like is the bug. only spot on this one that i can say manga and show were very different uh whereas in the manga really? this is more of like an actual accident uh whereas in the show it is made out to be ortega is just disobeying orders and being a douche and going and trying to you know destroy this other gun cannon and kill the federation guy inside so Yep. Well, Minovsky is squished. Yep. Um, he is. He is moon rocks. <laughs> um, so, f- after this really cool fight, we go back to uh, seeing uh, the the leaders of um, of Granada. Well, one note before that oh. is uh, the entire time during the fight, uh, Tam Ray was there yes. watching. Yeah. He, he yeah he he forced himself to kind of follow along. He wanted to, he wanted to see the gun tank or sorry the gun cannons in action and get a feel for their capabilities. I think to prove his own point that they weren't really mobile suits. Right, right. Yeah. Also with the squishing. Yeah. After the squishing, we go back and we see the the leadership of um, Granada. Um, and I, we kind of skipped over this whole like weird slash creepy like rave scene with like um, Catherine. Yeah, we haven't we haven't mentioned Catherine, but <laughs> Catherine is has been popping up repeatedly throughout this episode. Did they did they say who she was from the beginning? I mean, I think I think it's obvious. But yeah, they hint at it, but they never like explicitly said. Okay. Towards the start, yeah, yeah, they don't say All it right, right from the get go. Is boogieing, yeah. At the race, so she's basically like, "Yo, we 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 fucked up your gun cannons. Join 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 Zeon." And they're like, "What? No, I don't want to do that. We got to have evidence." Well, they yeah, they're trying to kind of be one of those like, "Let's play both sides. We can be friends with the Federation and with Zeon." They're trying to be Switzerland. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to get involved and. uh they're gonna force be forced to later. Yeah, basically, Catherine says, "Look, uh, we crushed the shit out of them with no trouble. Uh, four to twelve, or five to twelve, and we lost nothing. We destroyed them like it was nothing. We, we killed Minovsky. You know, we we got this shit on lock. Uh, you should probably back us." Yeah, so they kind of leave saying, uh, "We'll see. We'll talk about it later." And she's like, "You know." yeah you'll you'll join us um so right after that they go back into uh, i guess the federation is having like a post-mortem of this battle um and and tim ray is is um showing everybody the rx-78 saying like listen this is this is what you want i'm making this i know i made the the old stuff and i kind of screwed us over not making good enough things but this is the future um and they don't seem to completely buy it, but they also don't seem to really have any uh, alternatives at this point, especially since Dr. Minovsky is now um, a they roadkill on the moon somewhere. Definitely kind of begrudgingly agree. Yeah. Because they've seen, they've just seen how badly they're outclassed and the guy that they had defecting to help them make something better is gone. So they're like, okay, well, here you go. I guess you can go use side seven for it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we 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 go back to side seven, 
Um, and Amuro finds Daddy's server room with the Gundam schematics and all that uh, stuff. Okay, so this point, Scotty, I'm not sure if this is different, but he discovers it, sees the diagram of the mobile suit, all the computers and all of that stuff, but I'm pretty sure in the original series, it's a conflict with the first scene of the original series where he discovers, when he discovers the Gundam and all of that stuff, because he, he acts in the original series as though he had never seen it before. Right, yep. So yeah, you have another, this is something that I don't, I haven't looked to see, you know, how on, I mean, obviously it's on purpose, but I have not looked at like a commentary to see what the intent of doing this was. My speculation would be that uh, the author of origin wanted to make him just getting into the Gundam and being able to use it, not yeah, like, more, be more believable. So he does yeah. this backstory to it where he already knows about it and well, knows what his dad's working on. In the original series, it shows him basically getting the Gundam manual and looking at right. it and then being like, Oh, YOLO. <laughs> he gets in he's like better rtfm and then he's like okay i got this so yep. yeah gives it for all of about what five minutes yeah. and then he's done yep yep he's, he's like all right i'm an expert at this now but yeah origin tries to kind of i guess retcon that and say like no nah, he he really knew what he needed to do uh because he studied it so heavily but i mean that also kind of would fall in with his character because um he's supposed to be very technically adept so um, it wouldn't be crazy for him to understand all of this. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, origin is meant to be, this is just another one of those things where you see that it is, it's meant to be a retelling and not necessarily a direct prequel. Right. So there are going to be minor continuity, like ir- irreconcilable continuity issues between this and the original series, which is one of the reasons I think there's a lot of demand for them to keep going. Yeah. Past episode six with an adaptation of these other volumes that actually get into the, the heart of the war and what we saw in that original series, because it's a disjointed experience right now, watching, watching through that way, not in a big way, but I'm sure in enough of a way that, you know, someone that has especially like been a very like lifelong Gundam nerd or something is probably bothered by. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely not coherent, but like if, if you shake your head a little bit, you're like, okay, it makes sense. Like I can, I can make these things work together. If you don't think about any of it hard at all, then yeah, it works fine. Are you saying the type of person who would seek out a Gundam podcast talking about the shows would be upset by this? Maybe. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts. Hey, you know, one thing I've learned through, through podcasting, there's, you don't, know who's listening and hey somebody might just be casually interested and bored at work and watch this recently checking it out so yeah. i i have listened to some terrible podcasts at work sometimes um, yeah so it's very yeah. possible that i may stumble upon ours one day there's this one infosec <laughs> one um what was it no I'm just, I'm <laughs> top five worst podcasts on the internet shit we made two of them <laughs> <laughs> Hey, at least we're not talking about Transformers, right? <laughs> I know, but it, hey, at least those aren't the GoBots. <laughs> oh, I don't get it. Oh, damn! Yeah, that was well, over let's, our head. Let's move. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So, um, the- they they kind of do a um, a montage where uh, Xeon becomes a principality and and, uh, declares its independence from the Earth Federation. Um, And the war is uh, not quite on uh, because there's another scene where... uh, Yeah, so this is is, uh, October 24th. Yeah. 0078, October 24th is when he makes the the, uh, declaration uh, of independence. So it's a very short period of time uh left in this episode but yeah. uh, and it's also the first the first street hitler reference we get with Zion. yeah yeah uh so uh and it's much more explicit in origin than it is in the original series like they very much yeah it was supposed to be like kind of a subtle thing and then now it's like everyone knows let's just let's just lean into it so he's basically making see kyle salutes um and it's it's pre- it's quite obviously a, an anagram for for the Nazis. It was yeah. it was subtle in the original show. It wasn't subtle at all. It, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I don't. I don't think subtle is the right word. It just wasn't as explicit. I think. Okay. Okay. It was. Okay. It, 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 was 
in most cases, it's not very explicit, except for the whole, like that one speech where it's right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the, the scene before the war begins is basically, um, a, a nice little thing showing Amuro, uh, basically obsessed with the Gundam stuff and not getting any sleep and failing in school because he's basically going home, studying Gundam and all night and then going to school and sleeping at school and yada, yada, yada. All he needs to do is drop out of that school and he can just be a neat. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a step away from a Hikikomori. He just doesn't want to, <laughs> he, he doesn't mind going outside every once in a while. So yeah, he's uh, he's passing out in class. He's kind of getting he's kind of getting ostracized by his classmates, which is uh, an interesting little piece of uh, character development too. Yeah, and he doesn't really seem to mind too much. Frau seems to mind more than anybody. Um, he could care less. He's a total. He's a total. I mean, he's a total nerd about it. He does. He just wants to go home and read more about the gun. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in the next scene, war begins. Um, you know, we we see a handful of. Uh, um, you know, things happen and, um, you know, I think at this point they, 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 they show a few of the places getting taken over. So, um, they sort of show that first Granada gets taken over. Yeah. So you have this simultaneous, uh, thing to start it up. Um, sorry, I was flipping back to right where this is because it, it just goes through really nicely, you know, very quickly. So they declare war and then, uh, on the same day, you have the Dozel fleet taking out a flotilla of the Federation's space cruisers. Um, you also have uh, assault forces under Cassilia taking over Granada. And then they also then go to the other side of the moon to capture Von Braun. So those are on opposite sides of the moon. Um, and then also that same day, and I don't know if the show showed this or flashed this, I don't remember, but they declare war against side two. Uh, because side two announced they wanted to uh, side with the Federation. Yeah. So in the show, they basically do a passing like news, uh, like a news article, like in the background where it's, it's, I think it's January 3rd at this point. They declare, they declare war. They don't explicitly call out side two. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was a pretty interesting thing. It's, you know, kind of, I guess because when you if you go from this show straight into I guess the original series, the war is just kind of the war doesn't seem like a big deal if you watch original Mobile Suit. Um, it just it seems like it's all within the 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 specter of the white base and all that stuff. So um, yeah, this is a this is a pretty interesting take on it um, because it does show you such a so much more so many more broad strokes. Uh, of the war versus what the the perspective is in the original series. Cause you're right. You basically focus on just, it's just a framing piece for what's going on with the white, white base. Uh, but then as you start expanding out of the original series, you start seeing there's so much more going on in the war. Like, uh, you know, we mentioned Thunderbolt and there's so much going on with Thunderbolt and the OHMS team um, and all of that stuff. You can see all the different pieces of the puzzle and how they all uh, plug into this like one year. Right. Um, then we go back to side seven really quick. Um, Frau is basically insane over the war. She's, um, goes to visit Amaro and flips out at him for not eating her lasagna because he's too busy sitting in front of his computer, still studying Gundam. Subtext. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, we kind of see char again and he's talking to lala and is like i'll be back for you later so yeah he's basically uh he's engaging in battle um around the moon i'm not sure if that's implied to be the battle of loam yet or if that's a little later in the i think that's a little battle. later um it's basically he's he's got orders he's going out to to do some things um and then he's like after i'm done with this mission i'll come back for you type thing yep and that was the end of the episode uh, yeah. and and unlike the last episode where I missed the after credit scene, I watched the entire credits and didn't see a scene. And so I feel like the next episode, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> You're familiar with the fast forward function on Hulu, right? Yeah, there there was not an after credit scene on Hulu, at least. So, 
No, yeah. I didn't. I didn't see yeah. one either. Which makes sense because again, this was sort of the you know initially that was going to be it for this series. And if you go and try to, so right now the most economical way to watch all of it would be to go and stream it on Hulu. Obviously that's not permanent though. That's a subscription. The license will run out someday. If you were to go and try to buy this on Blu-ray or DVD, uh, if you like, you know, stuff on 15 plus year old technologies. Anyway, uh, if you were to go out and try to buy some Blu-ray right now, the most economical way to do it is the collection that is one through four. So that's the episodes that we've discussed in the show so far. Then if you want to go on to five or six, um, you have to import it from Japan and we have the same Blu-ray region type, but then you find out that, uh, media is fucking expensive in Japan. Um, so yeah, yeah. watch those on Hulu. They also they do also rotate this stuff in and out on the uh, Gundam.info yes. site. So uh, keep an eye out there because it, it pops up all the time, and then they'll put they'll cross post it on YouTube. So there's usually like four or five different Gundam series on YouTube at any given time. Um, so yep. just keep an eye out. Yeah, there. I'm watching uh, oh. Double Zeta on there right now. Fun fact about uh, this episode that I didn't mention earlier: mm-hmm. this is this episode is the reason that I got. Uh, Hulu, because I had access to the first three episodes, then could not find the fourth episode, and the only place I could find it was either, like you said, Hulu or uh, the, uh, the actual physical DVD. And there was no way I was. Yeah, watching the DVD. the imports are expensive. It's like the if you wanted to import Bandit Flower right now, it's real expensive. But then you wait a few months, and it's going to be like fifteen bucks. So yeah, got to wait, but yeah, you know, Bandit Flower was great by the way it was yeah overall thoughts for this episode so this is one i liked a lot more the first time no i found a little less value in the rewatch of it it was you know nice to watch again i didn't mind watching it again uh but i think yeah this one kind of that first time through was a very valuable watch very interesting the second time through it was like oh yeah all of this stuff Uh, but i think still very well done and this is really the point. I mean, with three, I started to kind of go over to, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. I think this was the one when I watched it. I was like, OK, all right. Yeah, this is actually a good Gundam show. This was worth it. Yes. So, so I agree. Uh, I agree with Scotty. Um, watching it a second time, it wasn't as amazing as the first time, but I really, really enjoyed this episode a lot. And it felt like this is what the series should have been starting point. Um I also kind of got the feeling that they started making episodes like they made episode one and two and then someone was like, oh, you guys know that you only get four episodes, right? And they're like, oh, crap. Yeah, they did. a <laughs> They did a pretty good job. If I grab the manga volumes, these hardbacks, like if I grab five and six and then take those two and cut each of yeah. them almost in half on the spine, I have the four episodes. And it's not exactly like that, but. It's pretty close um, pacing wise as far as the page count goes, action wise. Eh, you know. But yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I like this episode a lot too. And I, I feel like, kind of like how episode two was terrible and was a setup for episode three. I, I, you know, even though this was the last planned episode, I almost feel like this is a setup for like episode four and episode mm-hmm. five in a way. Um, maybe not directly, but you know, the way the manga was probably written, the story was probably written. Um, this, I mean, this is really, it, it, it's got a lot of meat to it and it's really fun to watch, but it also feels like it's, um, a, a precursor to kind of, um, the rest of, I mean, cause origin is essentially Char's story. And this is kind of like putting all the pieces into place to kind of say like, this is why Char is awesome. This is where he goes and how he gets to be where he is. Yep. So yeah, there's even a scene at the end of the, it's like the last chapter of uh, where this content is in the manga. It's, they actually moved that scene out of that into the start of episode five in the, in the show. Um, It's like some of the hijinks with Kai and Amaro and those guys in the colony that happens before all the lasagna stuff in the, in the manga. I mean, it, it works fine the way they ah. resequence it in the anime. I think it works just fine. Cool. So, yeah, we're bleeding bleeding All over right. into the next episode now, so I'll, I'll stop that. <laughs> well, thank you guys. 
for for showing up here and recording the podcast. Uh, thank all you guys who listened. Um, hopefully, you'll continue to listen and watch along with us, and uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, my name's Lane. You can reach me at Skank and Monkey. Scotty? Yeah, I'm Scotty, and you can hear me here. And uh, right now, I'm well, I'm not snowed in anymore. It was last. Oh, wait, internet. Yeah, sorry. You can find me at Scotty two underscores and P on Twitter. Luke? Uh, you can find me at Easy Stuff on Twitter. And that's letter E. Hey, doesn't the show have a Twitter account now? All right. The show does have a Twitter account. It is uh, New Type Flash Pod. Um, and, and hopefully, I will be. Um, or, or all of us will be doing something on it. I, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe just. I should probably follow. I might. <laughs> I might not be following it yet. <laughs> I don't. I think I'm the only person following it right now. Um, ho- hopefully, by the time what? this podcast gets released out to the world, um, it'll have more than I, one. It, you know, it has two now. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, just hit it on there. So. <laughs> All right, I'm following it now. I'm Three followers. It. Let's oh. go for five, guys. We got to put a picture up, Lane. It's looking pretty uh, unlegitimate so far. Listen, I'm I'm not going to to spoil to our listeners um, how the magic behind the podcast works, but let's let's just say I don't know what I'm doing. That's fair. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody, and we'll uh, catch you next time. Later. Bye.